0: Welcome to Hope for Living with pastor, teacher, and certified mental health coach, Dr. Shannon Eaton. Listen to an encouraging message that is designed to help you build your faith, restore your joy, and renew your hope. Hello friends and welcome to Hope for Living. I am so grateful to be with you um, and share an encouraging word with you. Here we're building faith, renewing hope, and restoring joy. And so, as we always share, the hope of these uh, times together is to give you something that would lift you and encourage you, that would inspire you to keep going, that your faith would be strengthened, uh, that your expectation for more and greater from God uh, would increase, and most of all, um, even that your joy, you would find joy. The Word of God tells us this, that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and so we want to make sure that we're maintaining our joy so that we can uh, be strong enough to do everything that God has created and called us to do. And so this week, I want to give you something that I think if you will endure. And what I mean by that, sometimes we hear a word from God that we enjoy. It, it fires us up and it, it stirs us to new levels of faith. And then we hear words that challenge us, and 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 we really have to endure even in listening to them because they go against uh, the grain of what might seem uh, comfortable in a given situation. But understand this: that whenever God is calling us to something, it's always going to be just out of our comfort zone. It's always going to be just even out of the zone of what we would say is convenient to us, and it might even challenge us mentally to even believe. Uh, that the ways of God uh, are our best, because sometimes when we 're looking at the practical things in life, what God shares with us um, it just doesn 't make sense, but look at what it says um in the book of Isaiah, He says that his ways are not our ways, and his thoughts aren't our thoughts, so it means that when God calls us to do something, when God is sharing with us to do something, when he 's leading us to do something often, it will go against what we would want to do. <coughs> in our natural minds and in our natural hearts. When Jesus, when you looked at the things that he commanded throughout Scripture and when he asked people to do, many times they didn't make sense. And and so I want to say right off the bat this week that everything God calls us to do, everything he inspires us to do is an act of faith. It's going to take faith to do everything and anything that God calls us to do. And so the process really is this, that we have the faith, have the faith to obey, and in obeying God, we develop more faith, uh, and the cycle continues. It's it's faith to obey, and then obedience, building more faith in our lives as well. But I want to share two passages of Scripture with you today. I, the first one is introductory, and I want to give you a story uh, from First Kings that illustrates uh what what, the, the principle that David is laying out in Psalm 126. So when we go to Psalm 126, we find these words in verse verses five and six. And they say this, those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful singing. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed shall indeed come again with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. The King James version says he that goeth forth bearing Precious seed shall doubtless come again, rejoicing, uh, bringing his sheaves with him. Now, before I come back to that, uh, in Genesis, the Lord says this. He says, as long as the earth remains seed time and harvest. Um, And what what was he saying? He was saying that there's an eternal principle in the earth. And before you tune this out, um, I I want you to kind of get money out of your head, because many times people talk about seed Uh, We're talking about money and certainly money can be a seed, but I just want you to think of whatever it is uh, that God has placed in your hand that is precious, that he's calling you to use uh, for kingdom advancement, for kingdom purposes, uh, ultimately to be used for his glory. I want you to look at that as your seed. And I want you to know that it is precious according to the word of God, Uh, our seed is is precious but he tells us something about it and here's what he says he says that those who sow in tears which means that uh seed seed understand seed is always for sowing so whatever it is that God wants to grow in our life whatever it is that he wants to increase in our life it starts in seed form don't despise the little things in your life don't despise what looks little because seed tells a story seed is that thing that always really is an illustration of breakthrough. You see, when a seed is put in the ground, it has to break through the dirt and come up and be what it was intended to be. But seed can never produce and seed can never be uh, what it's intended to be until it is placed in the ground, until it's planted. Now, watch this. The King James saying those who go forth bearing precious seed. So it is precious. seed. is 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 valuable to us how do we expect something to be valuable to us or to be valuable to god and it's not even valuable to us so that's why seed is precious whatever it is Uh, it could be our time it could be the giftings that he's placed in our life it could be our 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 tangible things or our money it could be our encouragement whatever seed is precious but sometimes because it's precious because of the things that are going on around us and in our life um It can be challenging for us to plant. It can be challenging for us to do the things that God called us to do with what he has placed inside of us. And so we can go forth in the midst of and in the context of this particular passage in Psalm 126, in the midst of our own bondage. But we still have seed. There's always something we can plant, whether we realize it or not. Uh, And he says in the midst of that, those who sow in tears watch this. You will reap in joy. So he's saying that this condition, watch this, that you're in is not always going to be the way it is. You ought to say to yourself right now, it won't be this way. Always. It's so important. So though you're sowing in tears, he says you're going to reap in joy. Look at verse verse six. He who goes to and fro weeping, watch this, but carrying his bag of seed. Again, look at the, the emotional condition. Look at what's going on in this particular illustration is that they're weeping, there's sadness because of the condition, yet they're still within them. And, and they possess the power to see a different tomorrow. They, they possess the power to see something change. And it's all tied, watch this, to the seed. Look what he says. And carrying his bag of seed shall indeed, I like the King James says, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Watch. In other words, when we look at the seed properly, we understand that our condition can't stay the same and our seed can't stay in seed form. In other words, when it's planted, God says this, that it's going to come forth as a harvest. Look at the end of this. It says bringing the sheaves with him. So I'm not bringing the seed when I plant it, whatever it is that God calls me to plant, even regardless of the situation that I'm in, whatever God calls me to plant. I know that that thing's going to turn around and yield a harvest. And so you can see that it takes faith to plant even when the conditions are not favorable. Now, when you go back to Psalm 126 and and particularly. uh, Verses two and three. The psalmist talks about. The fact that the Lord has done great things for them. And he's also done great things for us. In other words, the psalmist says, though my condition is the way it is now, um, I can remember that God's track record is good. He's done great things for them. There's a time where we weren't going through what we're going through right now. But God has always been good. God has always been consistent. God has always been faithful. And because of that, watch this, we know, verse 4, restore our captivity, O Lord, that you're going to turn this thing around. And then verse five, even though it's not turned around yet, you have still placed within me and within my power, a seed that can change my situation. So I want you to say to yourself right now, as you're listening to this, God has given me a seed that can change my situation. Now you, you, we, we we don't always know what it is. We don't know how God is going to work, but we know that there's never a time in our life where God is not giving us something, um, that can set in motion the change and the miracle that we need. And with that, I want to go to where I want to share the rest of our time and spend the rest of our time. And I really want to illustrate this uh, <clears throat> from first Kings chapter 17, because there's some things that I saw here that I want to be an encouragement to you. And we're just going to read through this chapter in the time that we have and, and just I really want you to hear this with a heart of faith. Don't don't make preconceived ideas or or assumptions about this. I just want you to listen and let the Bible talk to you. Here we have uh, the prophet Elijah and Elijah up to this point had prophesied um, in his time that there would be no rain on the earth. And he sends this message. He says, look at my word, there'll be no rain and there's not going to be rain again in the land until you hear me declare that there's going to be rain again and and the land goes on a drought. And now, understand, in order for Elijah to obey God and predict this drought, he was predicting a drought on himself as well. And so here's what God says in verse three or verse two. Uh, he says, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, go away from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook of Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. It shall be that you will drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. Uh, So be encouraged for those of you who are struggling sometimes to obey God and to do what God has called you to do, that there is a place of commanded provision for you. Uh, Be encouraged. God has always, whether we can see it today, whether we can sense it today, or not there is a place of commanded provision for you so so elijah had to go where god told him in order to receive the provision that was commanded for him now i want you to really look at this because this phrase in verse four i've commanded the ravens <coughs> i've commanded the ravens to provide for you there tells you that god has instructed your provision now, now i want you to really 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 Pay attention to this because of where I want to go with this. We find so verse five, he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he had went and lived by the brook of Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. Says the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he would drink from the brook. Verse seven. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. In other words, the water was appropriate for the time. The ravens are obeying God. God had given strict command to the to the ravens (coughs) uh, to feed Elijah. Elijah had to go to the place of provision and he received the provision that was commanded. This is so important, but we're going to shift gears to verse eight because we're going to see that God commands provision again. But in this case, it's not so easy. I want you to see what I mean. Verse eight. Then the Lord of the Lord came to him, saying, "Arise, go to Zarephath, which is, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you." Now, when you dig into the Hebrew of that word in other translations, what you find is that the word is actually instructed. Um, what does that mean? Why are you sharing with that uh, that with us, Pastor? Because that means that God had given clear directions. And instructions to this widow to make sure that Elijah was provided for. Like this wasn't a sensing in the spirit. It wasn't a feeling that she had. God commanded. He instructed this woman. He gave her a clear word from God to do what needed to be done to make sure that that Elijah was coming, uh, provided for. So Elijah, she knew Elijah was coming. She knew the man of God was coming. And she had a command from God to take care of him when he got there. Now, let's keep reading though. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please get me a little water in the jar that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, bring me a piece of bread in your hand. Now, here's where it gets interesting. She had water. So she was able to get him water. But watch this, verse eight. But when she is asked to provide food or bread for him, look what she says. <clears throat> but she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour and a bowl and a little oil in a jar. And behold, I'm gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare for me and my son that we may die. In other words, we can't do what you're asking us to do because I don't have enough to do it. What God has asked of me, what I've been instructed clearly to do, what I was commanded to do before you got here, and what you just asked me to do, is going to cost me too much. Look at Elijah's response, and I want you to understand something, because this could be definitely considered um, lacking compassion, uh, selfish, but look what he says. Then Elijah said, don't fear, go, do exactly as you said, but make me a little bread cake from it first and bring it out to me. And afterward, you may make one for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. Now, Elijah does what every powerful man of God should do. He cares more about her breakthrough than he does about her feelings now I want you to really understand that Elijah cares more about her breakthrough than he does about her feelings so what he says he says yeah I know you feel like you don't have enough so you can do what you said you're going to do he said but if your situation is going to turn around and your life is going to change and the miracle is going to happen it's going to start with what you choose to do first you can do that Or you can go ahead and think you're going to do as you intended, but do what God has commanded first. And if you do what God has commanded first, listen, not only will you eat today, but you're going to be able to eat for many days. Look at verse 15. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah and she and her household ate for many days. This is sobering to me. She receives a breakthrough. She receives a miracle. Why? Uh, Because she chose to obey the instructions that God gave her. Now, she had already received these instructions, but she needed to be challenged and encouraged to do what God called her to do. And there's many times that you and I in our life will say what God has asked me to do is costing me too much. The sacrifice is too great. If I, I don't have enough to do what I know God has called me to do. Think about it. When we obey God, we're saying we begin to know his power. And the scope of his provision and the scope of his faithfulness, that even though it looks like I don't have enough to obey him, if I trust him, not only will I eat today, but I'll eat many days. I like if I could sum it up for you, I'd sum it up for you like this. The choice that she had. Was that she could eat her seed. And die or she could sow her seed and live. Let me say it a different way. She was going to eat what she had. She was going to consume what she had and her and her son would have had one meal. But because she chose to obey God and make the cake for the man of God first. In other words, she chose to sow first. Not only did she and her son eat her entire household ate for many days. So listen, here's the beautiful part of all of this. She got the miracle she really needed, but it doesn't stop there. The story doesn't stop there it says she went and did according to the word of elijah and she and her household eat many days the bowl of flour was not exhausted nor did the jar of oil become empty according to the word of the lord now look at verse 17 now it came about after these things that the son of the woman of the mistress of the house became sick and his sickness was so severe that there was no breath of life in him or left in him. So she said to Elijah, what do I have to do with you, O man of God? You have come to bring to me my iniquity to remembrance and to put my son to death. And he said to her, give me your son. Then he took him up from her bosom and carried him up to the room where he was living and laid him on his own bed. Verse 20, he called to the Lord and said, O Lord God, have you also brought calamity to this widow with whom I'm staying, causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and called and said, Lord, O my God, pray. Let this child's life return to him. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the life of the child returned to him and revived. Elijah took the child and brought him down to the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. Elijah said, see, your son is alive. Verse 24. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of God is truth in your mouth. Here's what the whole point that I want to get across to you this week about obeying God. And many of you, as you listen to this, you are in need of a breakthrough. You're in need of a miracle. You're in need of God to do something in your life. You're losing hope. It looks like all hope is gone. And I would challenge you to say, is there something that God has laid on your heart to do? Is there something on some, some someone that he's laid on your heart to encourage to lift to get outside of yourself? Um, is there a seed he's, he told you to plant maybe there's uh, something that's been a blessing to your ministry It's been a blessing to you. He said, he's be a blessing to them, lift them and encourage them if you here, here's why I'm saying this. I'm not saying this to try to get you to do anything or, or to, to manipulate it. the reason I'm saying this is because what I see in this text is this woman had direction from God to sow, to provide for someone. She was struggling with that decision because her situation looked like she couldn't do what God called her to do. And when she was challenged and encouraged to do it, she here, here's the part that really gets me. <coughs> she not only got the miracle that she needed But she got the miracle that she didn't know she needed. so, So God moved in two areas. He moved and provided an abundance of provision way beyond what she had before Elijah got there. But there was another miracle down the road that God saw that she was going to need. And she didn't realize that. But because of her obedience, she placed herself in a position not only to receive the miracle she needed. But the miracle she didn't know she needed. And I'm telling you right now, people of God, not only are the issues of today and the things that we're dealing with today um, resting upon our hearts and keep us heavy. But there's some things that God will work out for you in this season, but but your obedience in this season, your seed in this season, the thing that God is calling you to do in this season, could it be that he's setting you up also for the miracle you don't know that you're going to need. Listen, we pray that this has been a blessing and encouragement to you. We pray that it has been such that it has built your faith, renewed your hope, and restored your joy. And we trust that um, you have left this time together encouraged, lifted and challenged to obey god at a whole new level let me pray with you father in the name of jesus we thank you for your mercy your grace your love and your kindness and lord we ask that you would move in our lives in a fresh mighty and miraculous way let this be such that we leave with faith increased, hope built and our joy renewed god bless you and god keep you is our prayer Thank you for tuning in to Hope for Living podcast with Dr. Shannon Eaton. We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged to apply the truths of God's word to your everyday life. Until next time, keep the faith, hold on to joy and live in hope.